Welcome to Friendly Words, the sermon podcast of Pratt Friends Church in Pratt, Kansas. The message you're about to hear was originally preached at Pratt Friends Church on Sunday, January 30th, 2022. It focuses on hearing God's voice when he calls to us. The message to all who will listen is we can hear God's voice and help others hear him as well. Now, here is Pastor Mike Neifert. It is so good to be with you today. It's great to be in a place where people love Jesus and want to serve him and are just coming to get refreshed and ready to go back out and do what God gives them to do each week. And so I'm grateful to be a part of a church that's like that. And let's just keep doing what Jesus gives us to do every moment of every day. Say hello to our neighbors, bless them, bring the good news to them, and focus in on that one that God singles out out of the crowd. And uh, if we keep doing that, God's going to do good things. Amen? Let's pray together. God, thank you for drawing us together this morning. You knew each person who needed to hear your word, and so as we go to your word, I pray that you would accomplish in each of us, me too, that you would accomplish in us everything that you desire to accomplish. We know that your word does that every time we speak it forth. When we read the written word, we hear the spoken word through your spirit behind it. And God, you are ready to transform us and change us and make us into uh, completely different and made righteous people. And uh, you're wanting us to look more and more like Jesus. And I pray that you would help us this morning as we go to your word to see ways in which uh, maybe we've fallen back and ways that we've followed our selfish ways instead of following your good ways and your righteousness. I pray, God, that you would accomplish in us everything you desire. Amen. Amen. Uh, God tricked me into going to Bible college. I don't say that with any animosity because I like God. I'm glad that I ended up where I needed to be in order to hear God's call on my life and also, very importantly, to meet my wife. I'm super glad that that happened. But let me tell you just a little bit of my story. Mom and Dad told me and my siblings, this is how I remember it. She's probably got a different memory, but I'm just going to say, my mom and dad told us since we were like in kindergarten that we were going to have to pay for our own way to college. They didn't have enough money to send us, and so they told us that college was important and that we needed to work hard in school so that when we got to the end of high school, people would want us to come to their college. They would give us money to come to college. That's what scholarships are, right? Just, hey, come to our college so we can brag about you and all that. So with this in mind, I took all the classes in math and science that I needed in order to qualify for this $3,000 grant that the state of Iowa, where we were living, had, if you completed a certain amount of math and science, they would pay $3,000 each year to help you with your college expenses, as long as you went to an institution in Iowa. And so I did all those classes, and some organization in town also gave me a $500 per semester scholarship for my first year, so that was going to cover another $1,000. Uh, I feel bad because I don't remember what organization was kind enough to do that. Thank you. Anyway, uh, with these two promises of provision in mind, I applied to William Penn College in Oskaloosa, Iowa. Anyone heard of William Penn? As far as I know, it's a great school. I didn't go there. But anyway, uh, why did I want to go to William Penn? Let me count the ways. It was in Iowa. 
and I got the $3,000. I applied to Williamton College. I waited, what would the admissions department say, and more importantly, what would the financial aid department say? After what seemed like an eternity to a high schooler, the letter I'd been waiting for finally arrived. My mom or my dad, I don't recall which, handed me the envelope on which it said, William Penn College, opposite of admissions. I was nervous as I tore open the flap and opened the enclosed letter. I'd been accepted. Woo! Sometimes you just need every bit of acceptance you can get, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it was only going to cost me $3,000 a year to attend classes. Now, I saw that number and my heart sunk because I did not have $3,000. And I was not aware, like everybody is today, about student loans. And so I was crushed. I thought, there's no way I can afford $3,000 a year. Looking back at it now, I kind of giggle. It's like, oh man, that was cheap. Anyway, I was actually kind of horrified or terrified of debt. And so if I had actually done the math and thought $12,000 in debt when I get done, I would have been freaked out anyway. But I don't recall anything more about that. But I do know that when you're a teenager and your hopes have been dashed, you go hang out with your friends. So I called up my best friend, Chris, and he and I went to the big city, maybe 20,000. Okay, so it's a little bigger than Pratt, at least. But uh, I don't remember what we did. We probably went to Long John Silver's because Chris loved hush puppies. And then we probably went to Taco John's because I liked tacos. We probably cruised up and down Main Street. I don't remember what we did. We were good kids. We didn't get in a lot of trouble. We might have doorbell ditched the principal. I don't know. Anyway, we came back home. When I got back home, I walked in and my dad informed me that the president of Friends Bible College in Hamlin, Kansas, had called while I was out. Whew. Dr. Norman Bridges wanted to know if I would be interested in coming to FBC if they offered me a full tuition scholarship. Like, what? I was stunned. I don't remember ever talking to anyone in Hamlin. This is the honest truth. I don't remember ever talking to anybody at Friends Bible College. Evidently, this college wanted me badly enough to throw a truckload of money at me. And I was willing to accept that. So there have been rough times throughout the years that I spent in full-time ministry, but I am glad that God tricked me or guided me as he did. His surprise answer to my cry of why in the moment when I thought I could not afford college got me to the place that I needed to be to hear God say, go preach my word. I'm happy about that. I ended up at FBC because on the day that I received God's no to the option I thought best, God gave me what I needed. So now he's turned me loose to teach and to preach, and he's been letting me do that for 33 plus years. Whew. I think I maybe someday get good at this. I don't know. <laughs> Last week we talked about Hannah's time of waiting, and she waited for fullness while feeling and being treated as empty. You remember Penina and how much a pain in the rear she was? She was not kind to Hannah and tormented her. And Hannah cried out to God and asked God for help. And God heard her and he answered her and he gave her the son that she asked for. And you remember what she promised beforehand? That if you give me a son, I will give him to you for service for all of his life. And so God gave uh, that son to her and she was true to her word. When the boy was weaned, she took him 
to the tent of meeting that was set up in Shiloh, and he moved in with Eli the priest and did whatever he was given to do. That's kind of catching you up to where we're at at this point. So let me read the first words of Samuel chapter 3, and we're going to read verse 1. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli, and then it says, In those days the word of the Lord was rare, there were not many visions. Israel was in a pretty sad state. They rarely heard from the Lord. He gave few visions. The people came to worship, but God was silent. They waited, but he didn't speak. No guidance, no direction, no hope, no encouragement. I guess people must have been asking, has God given up on us? Has God gone? Even though all the promises given to the, the people of Israel way back when hadn't been fulfilled yet, but still, they were asking, what in the world's going on? Has God left us? Has he forsaken us? Was he gone? Of course not. Just so you know, God cannot be gone. He's everywhere at all times. He is by nature here and there and everywhere. We cannot go anywhere from God's presence, Psalm 139 tells us. God is in all places. He's everywhere. He was at work even as his people waited and even as he withheld his voice and didn't say much. And the boy mentioned in the first sentence of verse 1 was the one who would hear God's voice and lead the people out of this silent time that they were in. But before we move on in the story, let me make sure we get things straight. If we're waiting and God is silent, it does not mean that he is not on his throne and it does not mean that he's not at work. While we're waiting on his reply, we can continue trusting, continue praying, continue obeying. We can wait expectantly, anticipating with excitement what God is going to do when his timing arrives. Amen? Amen. Is that easy? Anybody like waiting? It's not easy to wait on God. Doubts like clouds passing between us and the sun sometimes keep us from seeing God's work. Worry distracts us from worship and from doing God's work outside of this building, which is where most of our work for him happens. God, help us to overcome. To overcome what distracts us and what causes us to doubt. Help us to trust you as we wait, God. Help us. Let's read a bit more of the story that's given to us in 1 Samuel 3. We're going to pick up where we left off, right after the author of the book tells us hearing from God was rare. This is what happens now in verse 2. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. You know what I notice in this 
the guy who served in the tent of meeting all his life, the priest, the guy who's supposed to go to God before the people doesn't even recognize it when somebody's hearing from God. How long has it been since Eli's heard God's voice? Has he forgotten what prompting sounds like? Has he ever had his heart tuned to hear God? Now, I can't tell you for sure if this man has ever heard directly from God, but I know that he has heard God's word to him through somebody else. Back in chapter 2, we learn a few disturbing things about Eli and his family. The priest's sons are cheating the people. They are taking from those who come to sacrifice more than what the law allowed the priest to take. They were grabbing the best cuts of meat before they were cooked. They demanded raw meat before the fat was offered to the Lord, as the Lord had commanded. Eli knew what his boys were doing and confronted them. They ignored him. They kept robbing the people, kept robbing God. Eli threw up his hands in defeat. What do I do? They're kids. Kids are going to be kids. Well, God saw the behavior of this priestly family and sent a prophet to speak clearly of the doom about to overwhelm them. Eli heard the word from God and did nothing to restrain the wicked behavior of his boys. He let them keep doing it. Church leaders, elders, pastors, influencers, whoever you are, don't forget who's in charge. God is in charge of his church. Not my church, not your church, it's God's church. We're just trying to pay attention to him and keep following him. Don't stop listening to God. Any of you ever fall in that mode where you just start going on autopilot and doing whatever you think is right? I've fallen into that mode from time to time. I want to follow God and hear him in the moment. I want to know what he wants for his church, but I forget to stop and listen. I just do what I've always done and hope God blesses it. God help us. Don't you want to live a life connected to the spirit of God and let him lead us? I do. God, help us to hear you and obey you. If you've forgotten the Lord, turn back to him. If you know a Christian leader who's struggling, pray for him or her. Pray that God would do work in them. Back to the story in chapter 3. God is speaking to Samuel, but the boy doesn't recognize his voice. The voice he's heard probably didn't sound exactly like Eli's, but who else could it be that's calling? There's only one other person in the building, right? There isn't anybody else there, so he goes to Eli twice. He goes to his bedside and says, you called, here I am. And Eli says, not me. I didn't say anything, so go back to bed. It had to be a bit puzzling to Samuel to be turned away by this elderly priest when he'd heard his name spoken so plainly, Samuel, Samuel. But in this moment, Samuel's just a bit confused. Did you catch what verse 7 said? Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. If I was a betting man, and I'm not, but if I was, I'd be willing to wager that there are young people with whom each of us connect on a fairly regular basis who are in the same boat as Samuel. God's beginning to work in their lives. They don't know him. The Spirit is speaking to them, but they aren't hearing clearly what he's saying. Or they're not even sure that God can speak to them. But God still does that kind of stuff. 
Can you think of a young man or a young woman with whom you interact who might be hearing from God? Think about what those around you have said, kids, grandkids, students in school, whoever. Did you miss a clue that God was on the move? If God reveals his work to you now, in this moment, go and find that kid, that young dad, that young mom, and check in with them. Pray for them. Let them know that you're praying for them and pray with them if they'll let you. Listen to them when they share what they're dealing with and help them to discern the will of God. Eli missed the hints of God's working in Samuel's life twice. Maybe you've done the same. Don't keep missing it. Don't keep beating yourself up. Just go and do what you've been called to do now. Open your eyes and ears to what God's doing and help the young people around you and the old people too to discern what God's doing in their life. Thankfully, the story is not over. Eli is about to figure things out. Samuel is about to get his first lesson in hearing from God and his first lesson in being obedient to him. Even when doing what he says to do, it's really, really hard. Let's read some more. We're starting in verse 8 now and going through verse 10. A third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. You heard it said before, a third time's a charm. Certainly was this time. Eli finally gets it. He puts two and two together and gets four. Or two and one together and gets three. I don't know. God's speaking. The increasingly rare thing is happening. I have to think that Eli was just a little bit excited. He had to be thankful that God was calling out in the night to a young man whom God had given to a barren woman who had waited and waited for a son in response to fervent prayer. He had to be excited about that a little bit. The elder encourages the younger. He urges the boy who's heard God call his name to respond expectantly to God's voice in the next moments. Eli knows that God is going to speak. Samuel does what his teacher says to do. He goes back to bed and waits. I can just see him wide awake, laying on his back, wondering what's going to happen. <sighs> what might God do in the lives of young people uh, or older people around us if we encourage them to listen for his voice? What might he say to them or to us through them? How might... God's church be changed. If we would pay attention to the Spirit when the Spirit speaks through anybody. Does thinking about this make your heart beat faster in eager anticipation of what God might do? I hope it does. I hope that you are even now praying to God for others, for younger folks around you. I mean, more than just teens, too. I'm talking about those who are younger than you who have yet to give themselves fully to God's service because the church doesn't keep going beyond your lifetime if there's not new and fresh experiences in God. 
you know what? There are people who, like teenage me, need to be tricked into going to Bible college. God's call is for them to preach or teach or lead, and he just needs to move them along in their faith, and you could be a part of that. Maybe you've been waiting for revival in the church, not just this congregation, but in the church in general for years, and you've been praying. Perhaps you need to pray for a young man or a young woman that God's going to use to bring about the next move that will come through someone given wholly and completely to him. Samuel wasn't there at the beginning of this chapter. He wasn't even there after the second time God called him, but now that Eli's given godly advice, Samuel is ready to hear from God. He didn't know the Lord at the beginning of the chapter, now he knows him, or he's getting ready to meet him. And God speaks again, and Samuel hears, and he opens his heart and his mouth, and he says, Speak, for your servant is listening. You know, in God's presence, that's probably the best thing ever to do. Might want to just shut our mouths and listen. Oh, that God's people, young and old alike, would respond to his calling with these same words. Speak, Lord, for your servant's listening. That's how we get life-giving instruction for the next moment. Do you need to pray those words? Speak, Lord, for your servant's listening. Are we listening? God, help us to be ready to hear and obey him in every moment of every single day. We're ready now to hear what Samuel heard from God. The message that Samuel gets is not an easy one to receive, nor is it an easy one to pass along. Let's read a little bit more, starting in verse 11. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God and he failed to restrain them. Therefore I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision, but Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, Here I am. What was it he said to you? Eli asked. Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, he is the Lord, let him do what is good in his eyes. Man, oh man. God gave Samuel a tough first assignment. Can you imagine the boy is supposed to tell the man who's over God's house, the man he's working for, that he serves day in and day out, he's supposed to tell this man to prepare for judgment. He's supposed to give him a reminder of what God said before that he hadn't taken care of. He's supposed to bring that before this man who he respected and who he served. Verse 15 tells us that Samuel was afraid to tell Eli what God had said. What young man wouldn't be afraid to speak words of woe to an elder? Elders sometimes don't respond well when young whippersnappers speak God's word to them. 
They don't always appreciate warnings when they come from those with less life experience. Sometimes elders think they know better when they're not paying attention to God. Who should you listen to? Obviously God. But anybody who is paying attention to the Lord, you ought to be willing to receive God's word from them. Anyone through whom God might offer a bit of correction, you should pay attention. Are your peers able to hear from the Spirit? Sure. Are those younger than you able to know God's voice? Yes. Don't assume a young man who's addressing problems in the church is misguided. He may be speaking by the Spirit. Don't discount the words of a young woman. She also may be hearing God and passing along his word to his people, to you and to me. Honestly, the only reason you would or should or could feel threatened by a word from God through a young person or any person is if you are ignoring God. If you are seeking God, waiting on him, praying for his will, trusting him, you ought to eagerly await his word and welcome it no matter who God gives it through. Samuel was afraid to speak to Eli because he knew the man was not in a place of submission to God, but was following his own way. The message Samuel had been given was not going to be well received and he knew it. If you sense that people are a little skittish around you, if you notice fearful looks when you fight for your way, perhaps you need to consider where you are with the Lord. Have you wandered so far from the Lord that a word from him is going to set you off? It seems like a bad place to be. I have heard stories of older church folks or founding members and the like destroying congregations because unwilling to hear correction or wait on God's direction, they have angrily insisted on their own way and told those who disagreed to hit the highway. Man, God rebuke me if I ever get that way. God rebuke you if you ever talk to anyone that way. Hear the word of the Lord and receive it. Turn from your own ways and be forgiven. Are you hearing God's word to you? It's time to respond to God. Not to me, not to anybody else, but to respond to God. You, do you need to respond by speaking to God about a young person in whom you see his spirit at work? Do you need to respond by repenting of your own stuck-in-the-mud ways? If you're not listening any longer to the spirit of God, repent. The kingdom of God is here. It's him that we submit to. We're going to close the same way we did last Sunday. And in fact, we're going to do this song for several Sundays. Just want to give you this opportunity to, as I'm singing, to just pray to God and ask him to speak to you, to encourage you and to show your way. Maybe there's a young person that you need to be praying for. I encourage you to do that. Let's worship the Lord together. I've got a few things to say after this song. So set your hearts on God and listen to him and wait on him. And then I've got just a little bit more word for you when we get done with that. Let's pay attention to God and worship Him. <laughs> I am 
God, thank you that you're with us. And we wait on you. We trust that you can speak to us, that you can guide us and lead us, whether it's through your spirit speaking directly through your word or speaking directly to us in the moment. We trust also that you can speak to us through men and women, young and old alike. God, I pray that you help us to listen. I want to bring this portion of Samuel's story to a close now. I want you to hear the final verses of this chapter in Samuel's life and in this book. So hear what's written in verses 19 to 21. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. Your prayers and encouragement could change the course of a young person's life, anybody's life. They could change the course of his church, of his church's life. Be faithful. Wait on God for direction. Watch for his work around you, among those you hang out with. Shout his praises when you see changes taking place in the lives of those who don't yet know God or who are beginning to recognize his voice. Urge them to do what you're doing. Urge them to offer themselves to God completely. Amen? God bless you as you obey him and his word. We hope you have been encouraged and challenged by today's sermon. If you want to hear each week's message, be sure to subscribe to Friendly Words in your podcast app. May God bless you as you follow Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit.